0: The scripture reading this morning comes from Exodus 20, verses 1 and 2, and then verse 12. And God spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Verse 12, honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. We've gotten this far in the service. I haven't even mentioned the Super Bowl yet. Uh, the uh, Taylor Swift Bowl, I mean. Um, we're continuing uh, in our... Study of the Ten Commandments, uh, just taking them one by one, the moral law of God, that we might understand uh, more of how we might love God and love neighbor better. And as we said in the beginning, traditionally the Ten Commandments are understood to be a, a summary of all that God intends for us to be and do as we love God. That's summarized in the first four commandments. And as we love our neighbor as ourselves, Commandments five through 10, so now we're rounding the corner here and turning towards the six different commandments that focus on how we might love our neighbor as ourselves here beginning with our parents. And the fifth command, uh, wonderful, uh, thought-provoking, heart-provoking, life-provoking command, uh, but we do, as always, need God's help to understand it and to live it. and so let's pause and pray together. Let's pray. God, uh, thank you for your word. Thank you for this service already. Different prayers, songs, uh, fellowship, confessions, um, poems, uh, ways in which we have already experienced the triune God, Father, Son, and Spirit through his people, through this gathering. And so we're asking for an, an, an outpouring once again of your spirit one more time through your word, and so come help us. Come help me. Come help us in our hearing and in my preaching all together, all of us as a weak community in need of the power of God. So send your spirit and get all the glory. In Christ's name, amen. Some years ago, Kevin Durant, a star NBA basketball player, whom you may know, whom you may root for, he received the NBA's prestigious Most Valuable Player Award, the 2013-2014 MVP Award. And that, of course, in receiving the award means he gets to give an extended speech, something people often look forward to hearing a superstar share. Well, at the end of his speech, after thanking his teammates, after thanking coaches, and, of course, the fans of Oklahoma City at that time, Kevin Durant finally got around to spending his final few minutes honoring his mom. And here's some of the words that he shared. He said, you wake me up in the middle of the night growing up in the summer times, make me run up a hill, making me do push-ups, screaming at me from the sidelines of my games at eight or nine years old. We wasn't supposed to be here, he said. You made us believe. You kept us off the street." You put clothes on our backs, food on the table when you didn't eat. When we when you didn't eat, you made sure we ate. You went to sleep hungry. You sacrificed for us. You the real MVP. That last line instantly made KD's speech a timeless classic. You the real MVP. Everyone was buzzing about it for a few days. You know, it was the way that he honored her. It was the way that he publicly esteemed her value, even essentially giving the most valuable award to her. And of course, the watching world appreciated it, celebrated it, even to this day. After all, who doesn't love hearing heartfelt expressions of gratitude to parents? And that's because, of course, Culturally speaking, in many ways, our ears, our emotions, our values have been tuned to and shaped by at least the spirit of what we find in this command, the fifth command, which reads, honor your father and your mother. Both the words and the spirit of this command, this fifth command, are actually found throughout the scriptures let me just read you two examples from the book of Proverbs. Proverbs 1, 8. Listen, my son, to your father's instruction and do not forsake your mother's teaching. They are a garland of grace to your head. That's like a crown. They're a crown to you and a chain to adorn your neck, a necklace to you. They beautify you. Proverbs twenty twenty. If one curses his father or his mother, his lamp will be put out in utter darkness. A bit of a warning there. But pros and cons and pluses and minuses to the same idea. Honor your father and your mother. But what does this commandment really mean? And aren't there rooms, isn't there room for misunderstanding and misapplication of this? Yes, so let's talk about this in three parts. Honoring your parents, number one. Number two, honoring authorities. And number three, honoring God. Honoring parents, honoring authorities, and honoring God. Let's do this quickly. And we'll be done. And I do want to slip in and say, as we begin, and maybe you're already feeling this. I do want to acknowledge from the outset that talking about honoring mom or dad actually can be a difficult topic for some of us. Whether if it's because you lost a parent, or if you have been struggling with a broken relationship with a parent, Or if you have one parent don't have the presence of another. Or if you are a parent, but you're estranged from your adult children. Or maybe you presently feel dishonored by them. There's all number of reasons why even broaching this topic, let alone digging into it, can actually become a source of pain or discomfort, can stir up some feelings. And so I just want to start by saying, Lord, give you Mercy even as we ask him for wisdom as to knowing how to apply these commands. So, number one, honoring parents. To honor basically means to show proper respect, even reverence, in a way. To respect dad and mom. The word honor is actually the same word in the ancient language as glorify or glory to honor to glorify and in the old testament and especially in the book of exodus you may know that expression almost always refers foremost to god the honor of parents and the honor of god is linked And this reflects the Bible's view that parents are actually serving as delegates of God in a way where they are exercising authority and care for their children on God's behalf, God's earthly representatives. This is how the Bible talks about mom and dad and that is where this call to honor them comes from. This immediately brings up two implications that we need to tackle. Number one, a father and a mother therefore is deserving of honor because they actually occupy a kind of office. Not only because they have personally earned that honor. Do you see the difference? We're called to honor them not because they have individually done all the right things that attracts our respect and admiration, but rather because they occupy and function in a kind of office that God has ordained for the family and for the world in the same way in which we are called to give honor and respect to elected officials or governing authorities. We'll come to that later on. Not because of who they are, but because of the office itself. Just as David, even as he was being persecuted by Saul, the king still gave Saul honor. So we too are called to honor parents because of the office and not because they've personally earned it. And secondly, children, both young children and adult children are to honor their parents as an expression of their honor of God. As we said before, because there's a sense in which parents are called to be images of and representatives of, delegates of, God himself. As Peter Lightheart, a theologian, writes, the way you treat them should resemble the way you respond to God. And so really quickly, if you're a parent of, of young children, don't therefore shy away from teaching the child, your child, to show you respect. Because you are actually in doing that as the primary authority figure in their life. You are the primary way that they're learning how to show reverence to God. And you are the primary vessel through which they are learning about the authority that God exercises over them. Just in this period of life, mediated chiefly through you. Let me put a finer point on it. You are the closest thing that a child knows a fleshly expression of God to be like. Woo! That is a lot of responsibility, isn't it? But don't shy away from it, dear parents. Respect of God and love of neighbor starts in the home. Now, we need to say quickly, of course, that when the fifth commandment says, honor your father and your mother, there are limits to what this entails. This command is not absolute. In other words, a couple things. First, The application of this command is age-dependent. So, children, younger children growing up in the household of their parents, you are called to obey. That means to submit to the words, will, and instruction of your parents. As Ephesians chapter 6 verse 1 says, children, obey your parents in the Lord. But adult children are not called to obey, but to honor. Which means you're not called to submit to their every word and will, but as adult children, you are still called to honor your mom and or your dad. So it's age dependent. Secondly, honoring God comes before honoring parent. Which means a young child, for example, is never obligated to obey a parent if that parent commands them to disobey God. So whether child or adult, a person's obligation before their parent always is to obey God first and their parent only insofar as that parent is in line with the will of God. So, honoring God comes Prior to the honor of parents, and so a child is never obligated to disobey God in obeying their parents. And we even hear from Jesus the same kind of ordering when he says in Matthew 10, verse 35 to 37, these provocative words about the way in which loyalty to him, to God, supersedes even the strongest of our family relations. He said... I have come to turn, a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law, a man's enemies will be the members of his own household. Anyone who loves their father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves their son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. So, is Jesus violating the fifth commandment by saying these words? Is he saying, honor nobody, just look at me? No, he is saying... Absolutely, honor your father and mother. Uh, Live in loyalty to your own children and across your family relations. But if they resist me and try to lead you away from me or against my word and will your highest allegiance and love needs to be for me and through me for them, but never them in front of me. Jesus is not talking about either or. He's talking about the proper ordering of our loves, first for God and then for our families. Thirdly, Honor will be expressed differently in different cultural contexts. I think it's important for us to recognize this as followers of this command. And So, for example, for myself, growing up in a fairly traditional Korean home, honoring parents uh, involved, well, honestly, lots of things, but (laughs) including addressing my parents with more honorific language when speaking Korean to them, Never casual or peer-like language being used. Or at the dinner table, the way in which respect and honor is showed is by always allowing the parents to eat first. You take your cues from them and not kids first. Or even the way in which culture can shape the way in which we define what childhood is and what adulthood is. So remember earlier I said, according to the Bible, children obey, but adults honor, right? But adults don't need to obey. Well, when does a child become an adult? Different cultures will define that differently. Oftentimes, for example, again, in traditional Korean culture, you're not really out of childhood until you are married. And so that often creates a lot of tension and struggle for a lot of Korean households when the child, now being an adult, is not married at whatever wonderful age in their 30s, 40s, 50s, or beyond, and mom and dad still see them and treat them as though they were a child. That is a cultural thing that needs to be worked through. So even as we talk within our community and talk across families, we need to honor some of, to use that word, to honor some of our differences and some of the traditions out of which we're coming because different people might engage this sort of expression of honor differently depending on where you are culturally located. So getting into the details, how do we do this? Practically speaking, what does this honoring of parent look like? A whole bunch of things. I'm just going to run through it really quickly because I want to be as concrete as possible with you. What can this look like? Treat, number one, treat our parent differently than we would a peer or a friend. So the parent-child relationship, even in adulthood, but especially during childhood, should be a relationship that's sort of set apart, right? that That's the bare minimum of what honoring means, right? That it's a different kind of relationship. So there should be some things that you do and say with your friends that you wouldn't say or do with a parent. A parent can be a friend in essence, But they are more than a friend always. They are a person to be honored. Kids, if you want to find out, if if you're a child, you want to find out what that might look like in your family, you can talk to your parent about this. What treating them differently than you might a peer or friend might look like. Number two, show gratitude. We honor by showing gratitude. And in a manner that is personally or culturally familiar for them. For one parent, it might be a hug. For another parent, it might be a card or letter. For another parent, a letter might feel distant and cold. But for another, it might feel deeply meaningful, especially if their love language is words. For some, it might be bowing. For others, a handshake might feel distant. What does it look like in your family, in your set of relationships? I don't know. But we are called to honor by showing gratitude. Number three, pray for them. One of the chief ways that we can, and one of the quickest ways that we often forget to honor our parents, is by praying for them and seeking their well-being, not only interpersonally, not only materially, seeking their well-being spiritually. Pray for your parents. Fourthly, how do we honor them? By speaking well of them. Let me unpack this just a little bit. Speak well of your father and or your mother and do this in front of them and maybe most importantly in our hearts and when they are not around. To be clear, this does not mean being dishonest, like only speaking well or faking it or making it up. This does not mean ignoring a parent's flaws or weaknesses But it does mean, I think, laboring, being intentional about laboring to identify what is good and right in your parent. For some of you, that comes easy. For others of you, that might take some work and commitment. Identifying what's good and right and not always giving in quickly to criticizing, grumbling against, or diminishing your parent. Speak well of them as God gives you grace and ability and opportunity to do so. And by the way, lately I've been thinking a lot in, in, in my parenting of our kids and thinking about my relationship with Paula as well in, in the home How important it is for spouses, if that's your home situation, for spouses to set an example for kids to honor their mom or dad. So for example, Proverbs 31, which is well known for the ways in which it extols the noble woman, the noble wife, has in verse 28 and 29 these words. Her, this is talking about a mother, a wife, her children rise up. And call her blessed. Her husband also calls her blessed, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. In other words, children are to praise mom, but where did the children learn how to do that? Because dad is always. Praising her, encouraging her, affirming her, lifting her up honestly and rightly, not flatteringly or emptily, right? But praising her in the presence of and in earshot of the children, even modeling for them the excellencies of their mom, his wife. How much speaking well of our parents as a form of honoring is actually learned in our households. Moms, dads, are we modeling that for our kids in regards to their other parent? What number am I on? Number five, I think. Treat them differently than we would a parent or friend, uh, than a peer or a friend. Show gratitude, pray for them, speak well of them, imitate them. Imitate them in ways that their lives reflect what is good, true, and beautiful. And this is true, of course, whether or not they're followers of Christ. Right? So again, identifying what's good, true, and beautiful in their lives and adopting it for yourself as a pattern that's worthy of following. As the saying goes, imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. Following a parent as an example for you. And when appropriate... Letting them know that you are, as an expression of gratitude, honors them. Sixthly, disagree respectfully. So, honoring father and mother doesn't mean that you can't disagree with them. Doesn't mean you can't fight with them, even. Doesn't mean you can't be mad at them. We got all those examples, even in the Bible. It does mean we must do so with a respectful tone and manner. So, in other words, let me say that, those two sentences again. Sometimes people can take this command and believe it to mean, or even parents can set the expectation up to mean, that you cannot have a disagreement. Or to have a tussle means that you are dishonoring me. And therefore you shut it down. Or a child, an adult child even, might be afraid to challenge or to speak truth. The key of honoring is not that you disagree, it's how you disagree, right? That's true of all of our relationships, but especially this one. To do so with a respectful tone and manner. And it means doing so not to diminish or tear them down. And it means feeling free to tell them the truth when needed. Even holding them accountable to their calling as a parent, yes. But as an act of love. You see, because avoiding conflict even with your parent can actually be a way of dishonoring them. Because it's indirectly a statement that you don't believe they can handle it. You don't believe they have the capacity to actually be corrected or to learn or to change or to grow, to say you are an an image bearer. You are a person that's strong and worthy is also to say, so you can handle even hard conversations. Let's do it. Let's talk about it. Let's engage. Honoring can include disagreeing, but with respect. Sixthly, give weight to their words. Give weight to their words. So the Hebrew word honor, I said earlier, means to glorify. It's the same idea. And that word glory, actually in the Hebrew originally, carries the sense of being heavy, right? Being significant, having weight, being weighty. So honoring parents means weighing their words, opinions, advice, And even their correction, again, it doesn't always mean that they are right. And as adult children, it doesn't, again, mean needing to obey their every word. As young children, sorry, it does. But in every case, we need to not just blow mom and dad off. And we do need to remain open to the possibility that God might be speaking to us through them. In fact, we should expect that they being a chosen, again, office bearer, that he's ordained and given to us as a gift, that he might often, even through broken means, use them to speak to us. God through our parents. So we should give weight to their words. That just means at least considering it. At least weighing what they say. Number seven, serve them. Serve them. Help them and promote their well-being. And I want to say, especially for those who struggle with A broken relationship with your parents, this is one way in which you can honor while you still work through the emotional wounds or challenges that you do face. At least you can serve them in a practical way. That means helping them, promoting their well-being, adding to their lives, being helpful to them, caring for them concretely, maybe financially, practically. Serve them. Support our parents as a way of honoring them. And then lastly, and this is sort of a subgroup of what we were just talking about, care for them in their old age. I I, I set this apart as a, a unique thing, not only because of the stage of life that a lot of people in our church are in, as parents are aging and as the need to care for them increases... But also because if you flip through scripture, you will find actually a heavy emphasis on this very call. To care for aging and elderly parents. Just two quick examples. I, I promise you there are a ton of examples throughout the Bible. Proverbs 23, 22, Listen to your father who gave your life and do not despise your mother when she is old. Or in 1 Timothy 5, 4, when talking about how the church should care for widows, that is, women who've lost their husbands, whose husbands have passed away, this is what the Apostle Paul says. If a widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show godliness to their own household and to make some return or repayment to their parents, for this is pleasing in the sight of God. Did you hear that? So the Apostle Paul said, yes, the church, absolutely, as the family of Christ, should care for elderly women who are in need, or elderly fathers as well, who are in need, but they should also not get in the way of the obligation of their kids, adult kids, to care for them first. In other words, that is a obligation of the gospel, to love your aging parents. That means providing physical Perhaps medical care, emotional care, spiritual care as an act of honor for those that have cared for you. Even if imperfectly for decades on end. Years ago when I was just beginning in pastoral ministry, I remember getting some time with Butch... Hardman, who's now passed on and gone to be with the Lord, but he was a pastor at McLean Presbyterian Church who at that time was in his 70s and speaking both out of personal experience but also out of wisdom as a pastor. He said to me, I, I just want to counsel you uh, to-, to be gentle with your parents right now. He said, be gentle with them in their age because there's a vulnerability that comes along with this age when you start to wonder with uncertainty and even some regret, whether they have done well, whether they have cared well, even for you, their own kids, for life, for their callings. Be gentle with your aging parents. I thought it was a good word. I've thought of it often, and I pass it on to you. I don't know what the number was there. Was that eight, nine, something like that? Just a bunch of ways. Just want to be as concrete as we can to understand how we can honor our Parents, friends, is there something you need to do, maybe even this week, to show fresh honor to your parent or parents? Is there something you need to do in obedience to this command? Kids, younger kids here, what's one way that you can show honor to your parents in your home? Think of one way. Or parents, as a parent, are there ways that you can actually help cultivate your homes as places Of exchange of honor? Would you cultivate honor even if you're the recipient of it? Are you, in other words, making it a joy for your kids to honor you? Am I doing that with my own kids or does that feel only like an obligation and a chore? And that, of course, means that we need to be doing well in handling our responsibilities as a parent. There's a flip side to it, and this command absolutely implies it. That is not only honor your mother and father, but mothers and fathers, are you caring well for your kids? Ephesians 6 does this immediately. Children, obey your parents. And then verse 4, fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. That word exasperate means to provoke or to anger or to to sort of uh, poke at them incessantly, to wear them down, to nag, to inflame them. The Bible calls us to be wise parents even to be disciplining parents, but not to be exasperating parents in the way that we love and care for our children. It's important for us to remember the way the Bible absolutely does say, honor your father and your mother, but it acknowledges that it does need to be a two-way street of a healthy relation. That there's no place for an abuse of a parent's authority. There's no place for a parent to use their children just to get their own will and their way. God has called us to image our heavenly father and to love even as he has loved us. All right, I'm going to wrap things up quickly here, but I do want to mention this. Because this passage absolutely extends beyond, beyond just the parent-child relationship. So first we have the call to honor parents. There's honoring parents, but there's also the broader call to honor authorities. The fifth commandment applies really to everyone. You might remember when we first introduced the sermon series, I gave this this set of principles and how we're to interpret and read the Ten Commandments, that they're not only Outside, but also inside. Meaning, not just external behavior, but the heart. We're going to see that next week when we talk about the command, thou shalt not murder, do not murder. Jesus is the one who said, yeah, but hate in your heart is a kind of killing of people. Don't do that either. So the commands are internal and external. The commands are positive and negative. Honor means don't dishonor. Don't murder means esteem life, promote life. But also, these are not only commands, but they imply whole categories of ways in which we're called to live in love. Not just the narrow category of honoring our parents, but more broadly, we're called to respect the authorities that God has placed in our lives. More broadly, we're called to honor those who are over us who have legitimate authority over us. This would have been easy for the Israelites to understand because for them the word father was used for other relationships outside the home. Kings were called fathers. Prophets were called fathers. Elders, teachers, different authority figures in their lives were fathers. They would have gotten that. But we need to get it to when God tells parents to care for their children, He's telling us to properly care for anyone who's been placed under our care. So in the workplace, in our street blocks, in our civil life. And when God calls us to honor father and mother, he's calling us to show appropriate respect, not only to our natural parents, says the Westminster Larger Catechism, but also those who are over us in place of authority, whether in family, church, or commonwealth. So for example, we need to show honor to governing authorities. First Peter 2.18, honor the emperor. Romans 13.1, be subject to governing authorities. That's respecting officials, agents of the state. That includes elected officials, law enforcement. That means obeying the laws of the state. That means raising our kids to be respectful and honoring of these offices and institutions that God has has given to us as a gift. Governing authorities. It means in the workplace. It means honoring our bosses and employers. That doesn't mean they're not flawed, but it does mean showing them appropriate respect. And as we talked about earlier, showing them gratitude, doing the hard work of seeing what good and right and true things might be coming from them who's a workplace authority maybe that you've been struggling with, that you can do better in honoring in the coming week. That includes authorities in the church. 1 Timothy 5.17 says, Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. So that includes spiritual authorities. And I know that includes me because of the office that I've filled. But I'm just simply giving you God's word, including for when you move on or if you move on to other communities where you're called to honor spiritual authorities there. That means praying for them, encouraging them, receiving their counsel with humility. It also means honoring spiritual fathers and mothers in the church. That means older people, older saints that the Bible says are like your mom and dad in the faith. 1 Timothy 5.1, do not rebuke an older man, but encourage him as you would a father. Younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, younger women as sisters in all purity. What does it look like to honor the older saints in our community in church? To give them their due as God has called us to honor them. Of course, the flip side of it is true. If you bear responsibility and authority as a boss, as a community leader... Whatever it might be, it also means handling your authority with humility and with care, not abusing it, not using it harshly, but also not relinquishing responsibility and authority to serve, to give, to love, not to domineer, not to threaten. This is what we're called to in our handling of authority in all the stations of life that God has given to it. Dear friends, in closing, I want you to notice finally how this command reveals to us something important, something beautiful, something glorious about God. That, of course, and we've talked about it already, as we honor our father and mother, we also notice God as the perfect version of that which is to be honored. God is our father, He is the one who loves us perfectly. If you are someone that maybe doesn't have a parent or you don't know your parent, do you know God as your perfect parent, your heavenly father, the father of the fatherless, Psalm 68, 5 and 28, 7, 10, one whom you can pray, my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. God is the one who has actually not only filled the office of father, but actually has earned perfect honor as well. Why? Because he has served you well. Because he has loved you perfectly. Because he has forgiven you, cared for you, not harshly, but gently. Because he has come to us and towards us and has given us a share of his seat of honor. Who's a God like him? The one who deserves our honor has shared his honor with you. This is the family he's called you into and adopted into you into as well. So do you hear the gospel again and again echoed even in this high calling to honor those that sit in authority above you and to care for those whom you exercise authority over. Honor your father and your mother so that your life will go well, so that the Lord will bless you, so that the Lord will give abundance to you. May God give us grace to do this in Jesus' name. Let's pray together. God, we are grateful that you would take the time to spell this out for us. We want to honor well, honor you well, and to love well. So please help us in these relations, not only with parents, but also authority figures. Please help us to honor them even as we seek to honor you. And help us to see in return how you have loved us well. And that how you have won our hearts because of the ways that you have been a parent to us in Christ. We give you thanks. We give you honor. In Christ's name. Amen.